Hello listeners, this is Lee Price. This is Will Ford from Football365. And you're listening, smartly, to At, At The, the Bridge, Bridge Pod, Pod, a Chelsea, Chelsea FC podcast. podcast, although I would describe it as THE Chelsea FC Podcast. from Eden Hazard, Kai Havertz in the Champions League final, Ivanovic! In the middle, it's just behind him, but it's by Hakim Ziyech. Matic with the ball driver! It's time for another episode of At The Bridge Pod, your number one Chelsea FC podcast. Coming up on this episode... Thiago Silva kicking the ball off his own leg to give Newcastle a corner. Pretty much summed up that 4-1 defeat. Welcome back everyone to another episode of At The Bridge Pod. I'm joined in a virtual room filled with just two Lions. I've got Berth and I've got Chris. And sadly, we do have to start today's show with... The news that Chelsea legend Terry Venables passed away yesterday at the age of 80. Uh, Terry Venables was, he was the heartbeat of the early 1960s Chelsea team. So some of the more younger listeners probably won't remember him too much as a player, maybe as a manager. But the, you know, he came up through the youth team under the guidance of then manager Tommy Doherty. And yeah, he he's more obviously well known for, leading England in 1996 and he also took over at Leeds as well so I'm sure I'm just trying to pick up memories of what the younger listeners might remember him from so yeah very not not a nice way to start but yeah he'll be much missed and our thoughts are with his friends and family at this time so everyone it's a tough weekend for Chelsea but what what were your highlights from it um, I've got a couple actually. Um, the first one, Chris, Chris, first one, Chris is going to absolutely love. Um, I went to another Christmas light switch on. <laughs> oh, <Chris. laughs> so there's that, and then the other one, Chris will probably also love because um, it's football related. Uh, yesterday for my Sunday league team, I captained the side. I scored a really good goal. That's my second goal of the season from centre mid. Another cracking goal. I'm on fire this season. Basically, Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, and yeah, they were my highlights. Oh, nice. Uh, uh, what, what about you, Chris? Uh, did I have a highlight this weekend? That is the question. Oh, uh, you've hopefully got you got This is the whole segment that we've got. It is so hopefully my uh, my highlight of the weekend was uh, my daughter's game got cancelled, but we went to an indoor <laughs> facility and um, played like a, an inter club sort of game. Um, oh, and it's the best. It, it's the best I've ever seen her play in a game. Situation. Oh, awesome! Um, that, I thought you were going to go like, evil then. My, I'll be honest oh, with you. My, week, well. my weekend was all downhill from there. Oh, <laughs> I genuinely thought you were going to go. Game got cancelled. <laughs> no, 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 I was got. I was oh. gutted because I got up at um, seven o'clock on Saturday morning for the game, Ooh. and then it got called off. Oh shit! Uh, for me, Garnacho's goal, right? Uh, oh my word! Pop that beauty! My on the, word, what a goal! Pop that on the tape. Uh, get it straight to match of the day studio because we just found our goal of the season winner. Win- winner, win goal of the season. What winner? I mean, it was just outstanding. I mean, it was it was football symphony in motion, and yeah, they handed that number seven shirt to Mason Mount. That's like bringing a kazoo to a symphony orchestra. Can't believe they did it. <laughs> Still can't believe they did it. But here's a question, though. Here's a question. Where does that rank in all time overhead kick goals? It's in the top five. I it's don't not the best. Think, I think Bloody it's better. Than, I think it's better than Ronaldo's and Bale's. I st- no. uh, controversial. I didn't really rate Ronaldo's. Sorry, I didn't. I love Benteke's. I will never ever stop championing that goal it was in yeah, a 3-1 bet. loss to live uh to man united so everyone forgets it but just look it up it's oh it was it was it almost was exactly the same wasn't it as garnacho's because benteke was moving away from the goal as well it's just how he hits think... it such power garnacho's a bit further away that garnacho's almost like almost on the edge of the box i, I think the only overhead kick i've seen it's probably better is Ibrahimovic's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was awesome that was yeah to be Gone fair though, 40 I think yards you... I think you have to take into account the fact that Gareth Bales was in a Champions League final. It was. Can't argue with that. Uh, so, we, we will hit the news. Chelsea's women, they took on Leicester in the WSL. Here is our match report. 
Chelsea marked their return to WSL action with a absolutely thrilling 5-2 victory against Leicester City at Kings Meadow. The match was dedicated to the Rainbow Laces campaign and coinciding with the 7th anniversary of Chelsea's Pride formation. And it delivered quite an entertaining spectacle despite the quite wet and cold conditions. So... The Blues, they wasted no time whatsoever making an impact. Lauren James finding the net within two minutes, showcasing that clinical finishing that she is so well known for, especially this season. She continued her superb form by doubling Chelsea's lead just moments later, cutting inside onto her right foot and converting a rebounded shot into the net. Leicester, they showed resilience, to be fair. They pulled a goal back through Rantala's well-worked effort. However... Chelsea, being Chelsea, restored their two-goal cushion just before the half-time whistle when Sam Kerr expertly guided in Neve Charles's driven cross. But of course, Leicester, they just kept fighting back and Tierney scored from close range to keep the visitors in, in the tie. Uh, but it, it concluded quite a thrilling five-goal first half. So, we move to the second half and it saw Chelsea patiently looking for an opening and Lauren James found it she eased those nerves with her second goal on 56 minutes it was a sublime pass from Frank Kirby that set her up and she just lifted the ball over the keeper brilliant stuff it really was and as the match entered that final quarter Chelsea made some substitutions introducing Ashley Lawrence and Nushkin and Aggie Beaver-Jones and Beaver Jones continued that impressive form off the bench, securing the win with a header that found the net via the uh, inside of the post. So the victory ensures that Chelsea's position at the top of the WSL table is intact. Uh, it's, a prof- it's a positive note as we head into the international break. Chelsea, five. Five goals for Chelsea, two for Leicester, another Lauren James masterclass, another three points, another game filled with positives. Am I right, Chris? Yeah, Um I am concerned about us defensively, though. I, I, I think mm. we are concede we are conceding goals far too easy, um, and chances as well. Because Leicester did have a few more chances than just the the goals that they got. Uh, I do think we are going to have to tighten up defensively um, as the season goes on. Not so much in the WSL, but in the Women's Champions League, definitely. Um, you can't be conceding the goals at the rate we are because we do really rely on outscoring teams. It's just the fact that we've got some of the best forwards in world football that we can do that. Mm. But I just think when it comes to knockout games in the Champions League, you have to be a little bit more careful. Uh, when we got to the final a couple of years ago, it was really built on not conceding goals. And I think yeah. we will have to tighten up there again. But I mean, top of the table, three points clear absolutely ridiculous goal difference still unbeaten yeah. nothing to moan about really no I mean the fir- the first goal was a beautiful through ball by Leicester Samantha Tierney it is, that's a Chelsea audition tape because she sliced for her own defence like a hot knife and who was yeah. there Lauren James just took it on scored I, 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 I cannot believe the form she's in just outstanding you know we, we had a perfect game last time with a hat trick and I probably could have got a hat-trick this time, but, you know, uh, and another, I touched on the name last episode, Neve Charles, beautiful assist for Sam Kerr for the third goal yeah. for us. That's that's what she's having a standout season, her, maybe her best in a in a Chelsea shirt. So, you know, I talked to, I talked to her up as a future captain, you know, but oh, wow, what form she's in. And to be fair as well, what I love about this team that the men's team do not have at all. It's when it comes to punishing mistakes, Chelsea are like a football judge and jury. Leicester just, just felt that wrath, you know, Lauren James, she ain't one to miss a beat grabs a second, all thanks to a defensive blunder. Sam Kerr obviously then had a chance later on due to a defensive error. We didn't quite capitalize on that one, but again, take our chances. And, Aggie Beaver-Jones as well. What form she's in? Another goal Uh, off the bench. Unbelievable. I mean, her goals to minutes ratio is absolutely insane. Yeah. I've I've just... This team is exciting. It's so... I mean, I just can't... I mean, I was just looking at the the, uh, scores for us now. 
So you've got Lauren James with six, Aggie Beaver Jones with five, Nushkin with four, and then Sam Kerr with three. Goals everywhere. And we're going to need it because obviously at the moment we've had six games across domestic and European competitions this month, but we're going to pause as several of the team head off to their respective corners of the globe and represent their countries because it's an international break. Oh, always is. Um, And then the next WSL fixture sees us go to the Emirates. Arsenal, second and first. Oh, Sunday the 10th of December. Half tw- lunchtime kickoff, which okay, and it is going to be live on the BBC if you're in the UK. So that's that's going to be one to watch. I, that that could be. I'm nervous for it, <laughs> I really am, because that is a that is a big game, yeah. big game, and they're in a good run of form at the moment. So who knows? Who knows? So from one positive, Chelsea side to one not so much. This is. Yeah. This is <laughs> this is the this is our match report sponsored by remember when we said we turned a corner we did right into a garbage heap uh Newcastle 4 Chelsea 1 <laughs> if you managed to find three winners wow i did not i got two and i struggled um, i've got one and that was a push uh I, ollie sent me his through and i will check how many did he got one as well yeah, I've got none. Yeah, I mean, you did you say none? I've got none. Oh wow! Because I, I just, I honestly oh. couldn't, couldn't, couldn't think of one. <laughs> um, I'll quickly do Ollie's then. Uh, he said Eddie Howe game plan was solid and it worked. I can't really argue with that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. 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 Wee, uh, Berth, who was, who was, who was your winners? Um, I just gave it Sterling just because it's a good free kick. Um, he didn't really do anything else, but he's probably the best yeah, of a bad free. bunch. The rest of them were shit. Sterling was pretty shit, but scored a good free kick, so he's my only winner. That's wow. as much as I can say about that. It was a, yeah, it was a, it was a nice free kick. That was it was a good free it kick. was it was a good uh, free kick, yeah. okay. <laughs> I've got to save it here. Uh, I've got the thirty first minute. Now, if you don't know why. It's because the build-up play, which ended with Enzo hitting a shot that was quite well saved by Nick Pope, was was quite pure football. It was it was total football. It, it would have been a goal of the season contender, I'm sure, you know. And it was a positive because that was evidence that patterns are emerging uh, and we could be cooking something soon. It's just, just a shame that we haven't even turned the oven on yet. That's the thing. But that, that was a beautiful bit of play. But the fact that I've chosen a single minute... <laughs> yeah it's not great it's you know you don't hmm. and my second winner was the the post-game apology you know tiago silvery dropped one on instagram and then and then reese james did and reese even took full responsibility for both his yellow cards i mean so we should that's why we call him responsibility james you know (laughs) look i just i get it I get that's what we do nowadays, but these apologies are like, they're kind of like me after every exam back at school. Like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm devastated about the result, but look, look, I'm going to learn, I'm going to learn all from my mistakes and I'll bounce back. Let's go. You know, that I swear when we next do it, Instagram apologies are going to be one of my Eden's hazards because yeah. they're just like, oh, here we go again. Oh, really? the, the problem is they're very robotic. They're not, they probably don't even yeah. write them. They're, they're <laughs> probably done by some, their agent or someone. It's yeah. just, it, that's where the the problem comes, and it's all good saying, "Oh yeah, sorry, and this and that." But it's, I mean, it is sincere, I'm sure, but it just doesn't feel like a proper, true apology, if you know what I mean. So mm. it, it, I hate it. I hate it. that's modern football for you, though. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Right. That was that was pretty much our winners. So losers, I have three. Ollie's got four, so he didn't no. No, he's got five. I've just checked that, that you didn't read the brief, did you? Jesus. We try we try to keep to three. We cause we'd be here forever with these type of games. Oh, I've got eleven. You got <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. uh, um good. I'll I'll quickly do two of his then. He's got Kukurea, clueless for the first goal. Uh Uga Chokowaku, we looked lost. Yeah, I mean Yeah, I can't really. Yes and yes and yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's uh, going to be any arguing over losers this time. <laughs> no, I, I don't have either of those on my list. He also has Thiago Silva with 39 years old, making a mistake like that is unforgivable, throwing the game away. 
He also hit the ball off his own leg and it went out for a corner. <laughs> yeah, he had a really, really bad day. The thing was... is, though, like, and anyone could do that at any age. It's not like... What, hit the ball off your own leg? <laughs> you, you, I'm sorry, but the quickly play football enough times. You can have enough experience in the world if you just... It just happened, that sort of mistake. Yeah. I think yeah. uh, like, I Silver as one of my losers, but that yeah. sort of mistake just could happen to absolutely anyone. It doesn't matter about experience, doesn't matter if you're really young, it just can happen. And unfortunately, yeah. it was the goal that really put the nail in the coffin for us. Mm. Yeah. Um Chris, who's who's one of your losers then? Well, I, I just went with I've got three. Um but two of them aren't players because my first loser is every single player. Um, because <laughs> I, I couldn't, you. I couldn't separate them. I, I don't think in this sort of performance it's fair to pick out individuals because there wasn't a good player on the pitch. Every single player was below average, um, and I think that's the problem with the, the main problem I have with this team. It seems at the minute we're either really good or we're yeah. really shit. Sometimes no maybe good. <laughs> yeah, like we never turn up. It seems like if one player has a bad day, everyone goes, all oh, right, we can play shit today as well then because he's already playing shit. Like mm. it's never like, you know, just a couple of players having an off day, but everyone else is really on it. Either everyone's on it or everyone's off it. And that's the main problem I have with this team. Like this is why we have such weird results, I think, like, you see how we played against Man City. You wouldn't have believed this was the same team. I no, don't think because no, watching no. the Man City game to this no. one. Not even close. Uh, I, I think the problem is, I, I think we're such an inexperienced team taking out Thiago Silva that these performances are just going to happen. This is just how we are now. And until these players grow and adapt and become more experienced, this is going to keep happening. It, we could have this in a couple of years, I think. That that game was very much. Oh no! We suck again. Yeah, it really. <laughs> it really. I mean, one of my losers is the defending because oh man, our defending against Newcastle was like was like trying to guard a garden with a picket fence made of spaghetti noodles. You know, there was there was more <laughs> holes in that d- defense than a slice of Swiss cheese. I think what's annoyed me is I'm shocked and I feel let down by Reese James and Kukurea. You know. That's just, you know, damn. I haven't seen defending that shaky since my uncle tried to guard the last can of beer at Christmas. It was just bad. It was just bad. It was clumsy. Uh, yeah. Oh, I just, you know what just the, moan. Yeah. What the concerning thing about that is, I think before the game, a lot of people would have said that that's our best back four. Yeah. I cannot disagree. Right. You know what? Uh, the thing is, though, this leads me to my next loser. Sorry to put in. But go for it. Here. I think Badia Shira has to be a loser because yeah. um, Sassi has actually got, oh, I think, a lot of unfair criticism this year. I think I there's a shaky, a shaky game against West Ham, but I think other than that, he's actually been very good and very solid for us. Mm. Um, obviously, he conceded four against Man State the other day, but it's City, so you kind of take it with a pinch of salt. I, I, I thought Badia Shira was very poor uh, and I thought he was out of position a lot. I thought he was looked a bit lost. Um, and I think Thiago Silva actually w- was w- starting to form a real good partnership with De Sassi. So I, I think that if I'm if I'm De Sassi, I'll, I'll be asking questions. What oh, you have to be in the team next game because he, he's not really put a foot wrong. Um, do you so, yeah. do you think as do you think as well with that? Like it was a strange place to put Badia Shield back in from the start, St James's Park, which is a really mm. hard away game now, mm. but also. The fact, the fact that Thiago Silva has been playing as a left-sided centre-back with De Sassi mm. playing on the right side. And then not only are you taking De Sassi out, who Silva's getting used to playing with, you're bringing in Badia Shield, which means then Silva's having to go and play right centre-back. And I know it yeah. seems like nothing, and at Thiago Silva's age, it shouldn't really make a difference. But just those little differences between where you find yourself on the pitch and whether you're showing him on the right or the left side of your body in, in terms of body shape, it does have an effect. And I think I think that played a part in why Silva had such a bad game as well. Mm, yeah, I think that's a fair point. Um, 
I've got another I've my one of my losers also Ollie's, but uh, I'll I'll go to Berth. Who's who's another loser? How, how many have you got left? I've I've got one left. How many um, have you got, Chris? Two. Go for your second. Uh, discipline. Yeah, um, man. Really, and I, I I think this I mean this game really highlighted it, but I think it's been going on all season. The amount of needless yellow cards the players mm. are getting in this team and I think that comes again from the experience the, yeah and the lack of leadership there's no one holding yeah. these players accountable for getting these stupid bookings so oh, it yeah. keeps happening over and over again whereas I think if you've got proper leaders in the dressing room you know when Jackson gets his second booking this season for dissent or whatever it was mm. it was dissent wasn't it he kept yeah. getting booked for yeah um I think when that happens twice I think a, a real leader pulls him aside and says you've got to stop now you know Correct. but we let him yeah. do it like five times before mm. anything was said about it yeah and the, the the yellow cards in this game like Reese James kicking the ball away ridiculous you know you know it's a yellow card now yeah um Kukurea got booked as well, needlessly. Sterling mm. got booked needlessly. Again, for delaying the restart. It's it, it's just ridiculous. And it's even coming from experienced players. And I just think it really shows a lack of leadership in this team. You know what? Um, that's a segue to one, my other lo- one of my losers. It's not the one I Ollie has. Uh, that was inexperience because mm. inexperience from assembling a squad of young players was on full display against Newcastle from the first minute the complete lack of intensity was shocking for me again this is why such a young inexperienced team will struggle you know we had Poch suspended from the touchline and it's the perfect example of dad's gone out of town for the day so hey ice cream for breakfast I'm not going to do any of my chores today feet up and that's what it looked like there was no uh, there was no experienced heads I mean obviously Thiago Silva's the most experienced but You just got to, just would never happen if you had the right blend of all age ranges. You know, some youth players, some in their mid to late 20s, and then obviously in the 30s. And it's just all one or the other. And it it doesn't work. And I think Newcastle Newcastle are a prime example of that. You look at their team. Yeah. They had that. They had 17 year old Lewis Miley playing in midfield. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. But he was playing next to Bruno, who's experienced. Mm, yeah. You know, it if you put him next to someone else who's nineteen, would he mm. play like that? Probably not. No. If, and you know, it does it, it it really does have an effect. And you look at that Newcastle team and it was almost the perfect blend of youth and experience. And it's yeah. just what we don't have. We've gone down a route of we we only want inexperienced players in the eternal hope that one day they'll be good. But mm. One mm. day in football, you can't wait for one day in football because it might no. never come. Um, I'll quickly jump in with one of Ollie's losers. His was Sterling. Good free kick, but did fuck all other than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, good. That's yeah. fair. Um, Berth, who's your final loser? Um, I don't think anyone said this. I'm pretty sure it hasn't been said, but inconsistency or consistency, mm. how you want to word it. Yeah. yeah. Um, just on the, on the sole basis, Mikey, obviously you said about the 31st minute where... Passage of play was really good. It, good minute. Lovely. Best minute of the with game. This <laughs> yeah, with this Chelsea team. <laughs> I'm seeing glimpses of unbelievable football. I'm seeing glimpses in games where we're brilliant. The City game. The Arsenal game for 70 minutes. Um, what was the game before the City game? The Spurs game. Uh, towards Spurs. the end, we blew them away in the end. Um, I'm seeing, I think, West Ham away. First half, we were brilliant against them. I'm yeah. seeing glimpses and I'm seeing... For 20 minutes, for 30 minutes, for 40 minutes, we're a brilliant football inside. Pochettino has started to get them going, which is more than we had last season, fair enough. But with this inexperience, it's just not clicking for 19 until it starts clicking for 90 minutes. These results are always going to happen. Um, and it's just so frustrating because the talent's there. The manager, I think Pochettino is, is a great manager. I think he's doing well so far. Results haven't shown it. But this is where the consistency comes in. That the too many players are playing well one week, the next have gone missing. I thought Gallagher was very poor against Newcastle, but fantastic yeah. the week before. Um, you know, uh, Cole Palmer. I thought he went missing against Newcastle, being brilliant yeah. the past three. This is the problem we're having: is that inconsistency is going to kill our chances of Europe. Um, mm. It 
when we play, if you if we were to play well for ninety minutes, we can beat any team in this league quite easily. I'm mm, convinced yeah. of it. It's yeah. just beat like playing well for ninety minutes is the problem at the moment. I mean, I must admit, I just saw come up on uh, on Twitter, and it's just it's just made me laugh <laughs> because uh, it says Pochettino is under pressure at Chelsea, and his position could be at risk if Champions League qualification is not achieved this season. If if <laughs> if, yeah. if well, when, that's when. that's ambitious. Um, hmm. Yeah, I mean, who's your who's your final loser, Chris? Uh, I've got Chelsea fans. Um, we, we had a bad one. We did for for a couple of reasons. Uh, the first reason is supporting Chelsea at the minute is a bit like staying friends with an ex girlfriend who you didn't want to split up with. Uh, okay. You just live live in this eternal hope that it might be good again one day, and it just never is. Um, and also, no, just because, I think I'll just interrupt you. Yeah, um, um, my girlfriend at the moment is one of my ex-girlfriends. So, do you want to maybe reword that or? <laughs> not really. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Chris is not backing down tonight. No, fair enough. Um, fair enough. Um, and also because I think I almost think we've been brainwashed into this project um, hmm. bullshit, let's call it. Um, <laughs> all I keep seeing whenever we have a bad week is it'll come, we'll get better, we will be good again, uh, the manager needs time, the players need time and everything needs time and Time is no guarantee of success. And I don't Agreed. understand where this notion comes from, that if you just keep giving all these players and all the managers time, that eventually it will work out, because I just think that's bullshit. And well, I at think... the same time, Chris, sorry to interrupt you, at the same time, if you keep sacking managers and keep flip-flopping oh, like that... Oh, yeah, you know 100%. What I mean? 100%. But I think the issue that I have is everyone keeps saying that, oh, well, you know, this player can't come in and be good straight away or this manager can't come in and be good straight away. Well, they can, because if you look at what Eddie Howe's done at Newcastle, yeah. immediate yeah. impact. Didn't take him six years to get good. It took him less than a year. Yeah. You know, you look at what Emery's done at Villa. He's gone in, he's made them instantly better. They look like mm. title challengers. That's took him less than a year. So all of this keep telling me that, if we stick with it, we'll be good again. I just think it's bullshit. And I just think we're living in this false hope that it will come good. And I think a lot of these players are getting away with murder. I, I think most I... I think most of our players actually are getting away with murder because if you sign someone for a, a big thing, mm. they should come in and instantly make your team better. Yeah. And I would challenge anyone to tell me any of our big signings since Todd Bowley took over who has come in and instantly made our team better. Because I'd say that, was pretty good. Well, can we say uh, that? Exactly. Yeah. And he's not there anymore. Yeah. You know, you look at Enzo has had no impact on our results at all. He's won five games in 30 as a Chelsea player. That is absolutely shit. Had no impact on our team whatsoever. Been no better than Jorginho. Caicedo had no impact on our team whatsoever. We still got the same, similar results to last year. Had no mm. impact. Hasn't been better than Kovacic or Loftus Cheek. It's. Mm. I don't understand where this thing comes from. That oh, these are these will be world class players. Where's the evidence of that? I don't understand where the mm. evidence comes from because world class players walk into teams and impact results and performances instantly. That's what mm. world class players do. And the reality is, we ain't got one. Mm. Um, my final loser, and also Ollie's, is Reese James. And Ollie's take was he should be ashamed of himself. Not a captain's yep. performance, immaturity at its finest. Now, yeah, I can see where he's coming from because I had I had higher expectations for Reese. You know, as the captain, he 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 should set an example. And receiving two unnecessary yellow cards and then getting sent off, it it doesn't present a, a positive image for a captain. You know. We, we had a question on the show the other week about should Gallagher have the armband long-term? And, you know, answer is looking like a yes. You know, he's more mature. And I love both of them. But you, we cannot have our leader just just do what he did with two silly yellow cards. You know, you know he's ruled out now against the game 
against Brighton. And that would be a big loss. And especially with a player that's injury had his injury issues, we, we don't need suspensions to be another reason why he's he's out, you know, not, all, not playing. All I would say on that is almost in defence of Rhys James. And I do I, I do agree it was ridiculous and what he did was stupid. Mm. But just because you're captain doesn't mean you don't make mistakes. You oh, know, we all yeah, remember I, that's fair. We all remember John Terry kneeing Alexis Sanchez in the second leg at the new camp oh, in the Champions yes. League. Yes. You know, he was captain on that day. Captains still make mistakes and he had a particularly poor game and he made two stupid decisions that ended up getting mm. him sent off. But it wasn't in a way, it wasn't in a game where it made a difference. The, mm. You know, I mean, it, like, it's not like he did that when we was winning one nil, and then we went on to lose four one. Mm. You know, the game no, was fair. pretty much the game was over when he did that. Anyway, I just think it's something he has got to learn from. the The, the main thing with Rich James is he's got to just play better. He has to play better. That's the one thing captains have to do. They have to turn up and perform every week. And at the minute, he's not, and that's where he's letting himself down as captain. Mm. Uh right. Emojis. Uh, <laughs> Ollie went with just the the shit emoji, so can see how he felt about that game. Uh, I went with the look of frustration because we 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 got back up, only to smash our faces into the ground again, and I was very yeah. frustrated. Um, what about you, Chris? Uh, I'll go with the one with the man who's slapping himself on the forehead because <laughs> I. I can't believe I fell for it again. That we turned the, that we turned a corner. And they said they changed. Good. They yeah, said they changed and they didn't. They 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 haven't, and I'm, I will not fall for it again. What, what about what about you, Berth? Uh The emerging where he's been sick. Oh dear. Yeah. Good. Oh, good one. Was... <laughs> oh, I think they're all very uh, very fair for this week, really. <laughs> Berth's microphone's now working crystal clear, so that's all good. Brilliant. <laughs> Typical, isn't it? Typical. Um, the last half yeah. of this show's going to be lit now. <laughs> oh, man. As we go to everyone's favourite segment that we always get right, Lion of the Week, um, the predictions from Friday. Ooh. Oh, gosh. I remember uh, who I picked. Berth didn't, wasn't here. Ollie went with Nicholas Jackson, so that's a, that's a fail. Chris, you went with, who did you go with? Uh, Conor Gallagher. You did, and, and that's not yeah. so much. I mean, I went with Raheem Sterling, so... Not bad. So I, I feel I did... A, <laughs> I, got, I got out of that one. Whew. Uh, so, we're going to move to our question segment, Charisma's Questions. And first up, Sky has asked, do you think selling all the captains is a big part of the mentality issue? We no longer have Jorginho, Azpilicueta, or Kante, and we sold two national team captains as well. I think the problem is that, <clears throat> to be honest with you, for a long time we haven't had major, major l- good leadership. I think Aspilicueta was a good captain. I wouldn't put him up there with the likes of John Terry and Lampards and even Gary Cahill's. Um, yeah, again, great. Georgino and Kentate. Filled in well, good captains, but not what you'd say world-class leaders on the pitch, in my opinion. Um, so I don't think that's majorly changed things I, I just think it's been a, a long time since we've had real good leaders um in this Chelsea squad um and, and that's been the problem for for a while hmm. I mean I, I let me dive into this question it, it it got me looking back as well at our recent like departures so let's see who we've let sort of slip through the cracks I mean we're talking about seasoned players you know the ones who used to make waves at this club you know you had Kovacic, Aspilicueta, N'Golo Kante, Jorginho, Rudiger, Alonso and Giroud they've all <clears> said <throat> goodbye since 2021 and this this ownership for me has allowed a treasure trove of experience there just walk out the door or, or be sold you know without kind of thinking about what happens next you know we're, we rely on a dressing room full of young blood with little experience in the big games and tough situations that's a risky move. You know, that that's like trading in your reliable old car for a shiny new one without sort of realising the bumps in the road ahead. You know, Chelsea have let, for me, a bit too much wisdom slip away without giving it a second thought. And when they, Chris touched on this earlier, very, very well. When they start preaching about it being a project, saying, give it time, it'll gel. 
for me, you've got to wonder because right now these players are sort of swimming in a sea of below average performances and disappointment. And let me tell you, an atmosphere soaked in that kind of vibe doesn't exactly breed winners. You know, the last time I checked, disappointment wasn't exactly the secret source for success. You know, it's it's kind of like expecting a gardener to sort of cultivate a prize-winning rose garden with seeds from the local discount store. You know, for me, we're past the point of talking about projects. We need more than just seeds of potential. We need those experienced heads now. And instead of, I, tr- you know. I, I think as well, like, I, I think we're at a real crucial point over the next uh, sort of 18 months where once you let it drift on for so long without having any success and keep back in a project mm. i think that's when you drift further and further away from success mm, man, united, man united have been saying we'll be good again since fergie left about 13 years ago mm. and they are and they're still not and they are living proof that time and money are no guarantee of success you have mm. to get things right and the longer you let it drift on. So let's say this season we finish optimistically eighth um, and don't win a trophy. And everyone will say, oh, it's that, that, that's a, that's um, a step forward. And then next season you finish in seventh and not winning a trophy. And people are saying, well, you're still taking it. You're still moving in the right direction before you know it. You're just a team who finishes somewhere between sixth and eighth and don't win anything. And mm-hmm. that's that's what happens. And then that becomes the culture at the club. So then when you sign new players who are meant to take you to the next level, yeah. they get caught up in the culture of it, there's no pressure to win here. You mm-hmm. have to keep that pressure to win at the club. And yeah. I think over the next 18 months, that is going to be the most crucial thing for us. 100%. It's got to be getting players in who can win us something now mm. it's mm. all right having all the young kids to bed in and that's fantastic and you know th- there is a lot of talent in this squad which will grow into better players but mm. they need experience to help them win something now and mm. over the next 18 months if we don't win a trophy we're going to be in a really really bad place mm. uh what do you think Berth? no yeah i um i couldn't agree more christopher um it's a real crucial point in the club's history you'd say and argue um ever since roman's gone there's just been a lot of questions best to be unanswered uh mm-hmm. and those questions still haven't been answered and i don't think they are going to be answered for a long time to be honest with you um you've got a young squad who are inexperienced the owners are inexperienced um and again it's just it's sort of going into unknown really no one really knows what's gonna happen no one really knows if we're going to kick on or really knows if we're going to sort of stay where we are or why it's a real real crucial point and this season is going to say a lot about where we're going to head into the next coming seasons um the ambitions there you know you could have all the ambition in the world um it's the execution that you want to worry about um and, and that's the problem at the minute is that the execution's been been quite poor so um mm. yeah we'll have to see uh, next up, Isaac has asked, why do you think we perform in big games, but crumble in the small ones? It's a good question. I mean, recently, obviously, Newcastle, that's a big game now because no doubt about it, you know, newfound wealth and signings. They're a Champions League team after all. They're, simple as that. And for me, though, I would say it's a mixture of things from, from look at the teams outside the top six. They sort of tend to sort of set up shop with the low block against Chelsea. Everyone knows about that trick. You know, you do that against Chelsea, job done. But when it's when it's the big, big names, you know, like your Arsenal, Spurs, City, etc., you know, you sort of see this switch flipping the players' minds. It's like it's like they're sort of saying to themselves, Oh, look, we're playing the big guns here, you know, I better bring my A game because you know the world's watching. But when it's a Chelsea versus, you know, let's just say bottom 10. That that sort of drive, that motivation, they don't have that same spark. Um, I mean, is it because they figure fewer eyes are on them? Maybe in no, I, um, you know, I mean, it's a bit of a I, puzzle. It, 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 I generally think it's the big teams that always come out and attack Chelsea. Um, and this season, mm. unlike last season, the past couple of seasons, we haven't tried to attack them. 
I mm. think that's the best way against the top six, top eight teams. You've just got to go and attack them, which suits Chelsea. Bottom 10. Um, Newcastle are a bit bit different because they sort of, they're very good defensively in Newcastle, probably the best defensive team in the league. Um, and they are very good at it. Um, so they're a bit different. But the bottom teams will come and sit back um, and won't come at Chelsea. And that's where we struggle. That is just how we struggle. We can't seem to break them down. And again, that's been a problem for a long time. I don't think it's the fact that the mindset changes uh, with the big six against the bottom six. I just think the fact that we can't break teams down against a low block, I just, I think that's the real problem we've got. Teams that come out and play hard on against us, like Spurs did, or teams that come out and try and attack like Man City did, we, we're more than capable of, of beating them or putting up a good game against them. If we come up against, um, say, a Luton away from home, I mm. think we'd, we'd, we're probably going to struggle. Um, and and that's, the, that's the reality of it, really. Mm. Well, what do you think, Chris? Uh, I mean, it is it is definitely partly that the you know the big teams give us space to play, and our best performances over the last sort of four years have been against better teams who give us space to play, because um, our players are better in in space. We, again, we've signed a load of players really who can't play in very well in majority of the games we play in, which is mm. the biggest mistake that we've made recruitment wise. But I think aside from that as well. I think it's pressure. I think mm. now we're at a point where you look where we are in the table. Man City at home, Liverpool away. That free hits now. These players mm. and and even the fans, and we all do it, that free hit games. You think, well, we're not going to get anything yeah, out of that. If we get a draw, cool. it's a if we get draw, if we get a draw, it's a bonus. Mm. And this team really struggles when they're going into a game as you should win that because I I think the upcoming game against Brighton will really show um, the mentality of this team because Brighton aren't one of the, the best teams in the league, but they mm. will give you space to play and yeah, they will come and attack exactly. us. They're not, they're not going to sit in a low block, but we will go into that game with pressure to win. And I mm. think if we lose that game, it shows that this team maybe due to inexperience again, can't play under pressure. And I think that's the biggest thing. We, we, we'll play all right against Man City because everyone's expecting us to lose. And it's yeah. easy to play when everyone's expecting you to lose. True, true. Oh, bit of breaking news. Sam Kerr has withdrawn from Australia's squad with a foot injury and will remain at Chelsea to undergo further assessment from the medical department. Ooh, that's not good. Not good. Well, let's all. hope that's only short term. Yes, hopefully so. Uh, finally, final question. Alexander has asked, do you think our poor discipline was due to no potch or the low age number or something else? Um, again, I think it, uh, there's a common sort of don denominator here, which is a big word for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the fact that it's just, it's such an inexperienced team that like, mm. it's just rash decisions that, that it's just, they... It's very rare you see Thiago Silva get these silly yellow cards. It's always the same people. Gallagher, 23. Nicholas Jackson, 22. Rhys Jones, 23. It's the same players over and over again. And Gallagher in a way, it's the way he plays. Jackson again, the way he plays. But also a lot of it is down to youth and experience. And they have to learn. If you want to win things and if you want to climb the table, you have to learn that you can't just keep doing that. We almost threw it away against Tottenham because Rich Jones made a silly throughout Ooh, the city point. elbow. Yeah. Um, and it, it, that's what it comes down to is decision-making. Are, are these lads, do they have an experience enough head and mindset to not rise to the bait sort of thing? And at the moment, they're falling for it every time. They're ill-disciplined. That Newcastle team is incredible at discipline. you got Bruno Gomerez, you've got Joe Linton, those players that will nag at you all game, but they very rarely get sent off. Mm -hmm. Now, fair enough, Bruno Gomerez should have been sent off if they against Arsenal, but he didn't, and they can get away with it, and that, that they're subtle with it. This team, yeah. this Chelsea team, isn't subtle with it, and until they learn how to do that, or curb their real discipline, then we ain't going to win many games. It's just going to keep happening, get, keep getting city yellow cards and red cards. I mean, I, I'm going to double down on what I said earlier in winners and losers. It's a, it's a combo of both. Young and experienced team. Potch was suspended from the touchline. Dad's gone out of town. Ice cream for breakfast. You know, it, it, it doesn't also help for me that, 
he threatened to cancel their day off and then get them in for a meeting and training. But that was again, that was that was dad threatening to take away your PlayStation and then uh, back down, gave you a new game. Uh, I, I get if you're going to use that threat, you've got to carry it out. You can't just sort of go. Eh. It, it, oh, oh. I think I, I think the uh, I think the other thing is as well, though, it's like, is there any consequence to these mm. ill-disciplined things? I, I think there's so many comparisons between us and Man United at the minute. It, it, it's yeah. scary that, you know, you look at Man United, that Man United team, so many times in a season they're being called out for being ill-disciplined because they don't have leaders in the dressing room either who are going to call players out for it. You know, uh, the, we need someone... And whether that be Poch, and I do kind of agree with what you said, Mikey, I think this would have been the perfect time to to rule with an iron fist and let these players know that that is not acceptable, that mm. performance, and especially the the stupid, ill-disciplined yellow cards and the red card. That's not good enough. And it's got to come from somewhere um, that you cannot keep making these silly mistakes. Like... When a young, inexperienced player used to get a, a, a stupid booking or a stupid red card, hmm. you can imagine that sat in the dressing room waiting for the senior players to come in, thinking, "I am going to get an absolute bollock in here." Mm. I don't, I don't, I don't believe that happens in our dressing room. I think everyone will come in, put their. Uh, I can, I can almost guarantee they're already writing the, their Instagram apology. The, the players went into the dressing room after that game and put their arm around Reese James. Went, "Oh, unlucky, mate." Oh, I think it was a bit harsh, to be honest. Back in the day, someone would have had him up the wall saying, that's not good enough. (laughs) You've cost us the game there. It's, you know, you heard about it all the time back in the day that, you know, Roy Keane talks about it all the time. Um, John Terry, John Obi Mikel was was talking about it the other day in in his podcast that you don't get away with those things in, in big dressing rooms with big players. They will call you out for it and they'll make sure you know that if you do it once, you don't do it again. And we don't have that. And until we have that in the dressing room, these sort of things are going to keep happening. Hmm. Uh, I suppose you don't know what happens in the change rooms, though, do you? You just don't know what happens. It's one of them. Fun fun fact. Do you know who's got the most yellow cards in the league this season? Teams, I mean. Chelsea? We're number one with 44. That is ridiculous. What a stupid How many of them, right? How many of them, though, do you reckon are uh, avoidable? I thought you were going to say we're Nicholas Jackson uh, uh, having a go at the ref. No, but, no, say, but I mean, like, yeah, like actually le- avoidable. At, oh, at probably least half. Yeah, I'd say so. A lot of them have been like just petulant, kicking the ball away, sort of thing. It's like, yeah. oh, come on. And, and that, that's yeah. what I mean. That that's the yeah. point. They're so ill-disciplined, and that that's where the inexperience comes in. How about some positivity? We'll end the Monday show of the game of Archie Thompson's top trumps. Uh, the team. Guess whether a player club or whatever is higher or lower than the previous category uh, entry, even based on the question. Uh, but I say question, it's always a category, but uh, it's retired players. So I'm going to give you a player and you've got to tell me if they retired younger or older than the previous player. Retirement is considered from when they officially announced it and not when they last played. So there's a little teaser. So. We start with Eden Hazard, who announced his retirement this year at the age of 32, which is still blowing my mind. He was 32. What? Oh, oh. what could have been? What could have been? Yeah, what could have been? Oh, wow. So, Berth, 32. You've got Eric Cantona. Did he retire younger than 32? Oh, I think this is, I think Cantona retired quite early, but I think he was. Oh, I'm going to go older. I'm going to go older. I reckon 34. Oh, he was 30. Was he thirty? Wow! 30? What? I knew he was quite young, but yeah. Wow. Uh, Chris, you've got Andre Schurler. Oh, now he retired quite young as well. I think. Ooh. Yeah, he did. I think, yeah. I, I think this is going to be close. I'm still going to go older, but I don't think by much. He was twenty nine. He was low. Yeah, I thought he was oh, Wow, yeah. that is ridiculous. Wow. Good start. Cr- Cr- Berth, you, yeah. you've you've got Marco Van Basten. Oh, get he's another one. Yeah. <laughs> I have been so very got, cruel today. He had real bad injuries. Um, I want to say you retired about 31, so I'll go older. You wish he was 28. Oh, my God. I know. I know. We are bad at this today. Oh. This is, Mikey, this is tough today. You now have Sergio Aguero, Chris. 
was the top one as well. <laughs> it, nah, he was definitely older than 28. Yeah, he was indeed older. 33. So, Berth, you got Fernando Torres. Uh, oh, that, older. That, that's hard. He, older. He was 35. I felt young. Yeah. I thought it was younger, but hey, 35. Uh, Chris, you've got Hitoshi Nakata. Uh, who played for Bolton? What? I'm 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 clutching it. I'm clutching it for it. What was it? 30, 35. Yeah, um, yeah. I will go. Let's say older. Why not? No, twenty nine. Wow. Really, uh, Chris, Chris, you've got the original Ronaldo. Older. So, was it? Is it twenty nine? I've got to be. Yeah. Is it older than that? Oh, it's just so fun. As a Gary Neville, then as well. Um, <laughs> oh, older. It was 34. So, Chris, wow. Chelsea legend, and he scored goals for us. That was a thing, a striker for us. You no, got Hearn and Crespo. Hearn and Crespo. 30, old, 34. Older or younger than 34? Uh, I'm trying to remember whether we. He went back to South America to finish. I have no memory uh, of him playing after AC Milan. I'm going to say older. He was. He was 37. And, Berth, you finish up with everyone's favourite pundit, Alan Shearer. Younger or older than 37? Um, I want to say younger. He was. He was 35. And, Chris, you've got David James. No, he's he's got to be older one. than that. That's 40, one, yeah. 44, he retired at. Wow. wow. Yeah. I'm Fair trying to remember the longest, the oldest player currently active. I'm sure it's someone in Japan. When he's 51, that is it? Um, yeah. yeah. Oldest active yeah. footballer. That's I don't know if he's Robert. still playing. Surely he can't still be playing. He might be. Oh, no way. Robert Carmona, 60 years old. No way is he the active player. I mean, no he might way. be. Google no, is going to tell who plays as a centre back for and captain's fourth. Oh my word, he is. He's sixty one. Right. He still plays. Oh, fair play. Wow. No, the one I'm thinking of is a striker in Japan. Uh, you are thinking of Kazu Yoshi, according to this, who is fifty six. He went to wow. Portugal recently, didn't he? On loan. That's wow. mad, isn't it? I feel like maybe who's buying a fifty-six-year-old online? I mean, Chelsea. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We don't. No, 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 no. We, we're that, that's far too out of our uh, project mentality. So, thank you for listening to another episode, listeners. Uh, treat yourself well. We'll be back Friday. Uh, something fresh, maybe a topic, a quiz. Who knows? Uh, hopefully, some. Uh, there was no games this week. We're not in the Champions League, are we? So we don't have to. Hey, look, we get a break. So yeah. Uh, we'll... Catch it with then. So till then, that is us signing off. You've been listening to At The Bridge Pod, a Chelsea FC podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram by searching for At The Bridge Pod. And if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, leaving us a review is always appreciated.